Welcome back to another episode of Titans of Now. Titans reaches a wide audience of ServiceNow admins, developers, architects, and product owners. So if you want your brand in front of this audience, check out the description below for how to contact me about sponsorship opportunities. If you want to know what I'm up to lately, I invite you to discover VividCharts. VividCharts is a visualization and storytelling platform built on ServiceNow. Stop exporting data off-platform to get the aesthetic control and storytelling experiences that you want. Hey everyone, welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Titans of Now. It is so good to have you here. Let's get 2021 off to a great start with a personality in the ServiceNow ecosystem whose star is really rising. He's been in the ecosystem for four years, but in a little over one year, he's racked up over 100 deep dive blog posts on the community. He's been a massive contributor to helping the ecosystem understand Virtual Agent. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Hoops Ruthoff. Thank you, Robert. Great to be here. Thank you for your invitation. Uh, the pleasure is mine, my friend. I've been waiting a while to get you, and now you're finally here. So why don't you tell the audience how you got your start in ServiceNow? Well, back in 2016, I was working at the largest bank in the Netherlands, working on HP orchestration. Really enjoyed that great subject to work on, great achievements we made in helping other departments and a really nice team we had. Though, yeah, the company uh, decided to let go one third of the personnel. So a bit more than over 20,000 people were let go and I was just one of them. Uh, and at that time, I was already in contact with my current employee. And um, when I got the formal letter that I was let go, I contacted them immediately and a week later the contract was signed eventually the first of november was a day at the office and the second day of november i was already on uh, serves now uh, itsm implementation so yeah that was a start for me and actually robert if it could have been already more than a decade for me within the serves now space because when i came back from australia in 2006, I started my professional working career and the company I was at had two main streams, colleagues working on HP products and colleagues working on BMC Remedy. And the colleagues on the BMC Remedy side started shifting towards ServiceNow around 2009, I think. Mm -hmm. So actually I missed out on that because I was on the HP side. <laughs> oh God, I'm so uh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, now uh, a bit over four years in the ServiceNow space and uh, ah, en enjoying it a lot. So when you, were, when you said you were working on the HP side, were you doing like OVSD? Yeah, uh, HP OpenView and then the, the uh, Surf Center, Asset Center, Decision Center, oh. Connected, Release Control, all those products, yeah. <laughs> brings back so much pain. I remember we were using OVSD before ServiceNow and my story of getting into ServiceNow starts with us Googling what's better than OVSD and, <laughs> and ServiceNow was the, was the top of the list. So what a painful experience that product was. Looking back at it and comparing it with ServiceNow, yeah, that was really painful. <laughs> it totally just, agree. Didn't it feel like something that they just knew was awful, but they knew there was no, nothing else to compare to it, and so they just let their customers suffer? Well, it, for me, it felt like they knew they could get away with it. Mm -hmm. And well, and the, the difficult thing with the HP products I found was it's all HP. It's Surf Center, Asset Center, Decision Center, whatever. But actually, it's not one product. It's not one whole. In theory, you could tie everything to each other. But in reality, oh man, it was yeah. such a crap. There are uh, separate apps. And yeah, but also, also like uh, different languages, different. Oh man, it was 
nothing to do with each other. You could really see they would buy something from another company, just mm-hmm. relabel it. Hey, and now we've got something extra within our brand again. Uh, it's not that they are rebranding it. Oh man, oh, that's Service- crazy. ServiceNow used to have, they called it the Frankenstein slide, and they showed all the products that composed the different HP ecosystem, like who they were when they started and how it was the whole HP suite was really just a whole, quote unquote, (laughs) assembled (laughs) from all the different parts of other tools. And it just, it it didn't have any coherency. And so when we saw all the things ServiceNow could do just under one umbrella, one app, and I'm pretty surprised that as they've acquired all these other products, it's not a question of like the HP strategy of just stitch them all together and throw it out there and forget what the customers think. Who cares about the customers? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's more like, no, they rebuild it within ServiceNow and I got to just stop and give them props for having that strategy at all. Yeah, that's a huge difference and oh, it's great how, uh, how ServiceNow uh, goes along with that. That's really awesome. So enough about HP. How would, <laughs> how would people know you in the ServiceNow ecosystem? Well, I actually hope they know me from basketball, <laughs> but uh, well, Dutch basketball isn't that known. Um, within the ServiceNow space, well, best chance would be from LinkedIn or the ServiceNow community, I guess. I do try to answer questions regularly and the community is also the place where I publish my articles and blogs. I'm writing one article each week, also every few weeks a blog. And recently I also presented my first two uh, live webinars for, for ServiceNow on the Virtual Agent Academy. And I'm a proud member of the Developer MVP program. Solidarity, brother. How did you get bitten by the bug? Like, did you just write a couple of blogs and just say, oh, I really like what's going on with this? Or what motivated you to get started there? Well, the first thing would be the resources that are already out there. It's so crazy how much you can find. And I'm talking about the community, the the doc site, the developer site. Uh, A few years ago, the wiki, but also the content people are putting up on on YouTube, the series from Chuck, uh, Live Coding, Happy Hour, all those things. And also people like yourself putting up great content and sometimes also really ahead of the game. Uh, so that's great and i thought also you know i benefited so much from all those resources and i still do but what can i do so i thought well let's start writing well articles and also it's a challenge for myself and i can learn from it also you know uh, developing my own skills a bit more I, i just came into it like that and try to do it every week sometimes i have a bit more subjects but i don't try to publish six things in one week and then six weeks nothing so i just try to keep up with one article each week yeah and just being doing that for more than a year yeah i think almost two years now in this rhythm just liking it i must say one third of the content is probably on virtual agent but also all kinds of other stuff a lot of that is technical so could be on multi-row variable sets it could be technical best practices on performance but um, just liking it a lot and writing and uh, yeah also the the comments that you get are really valuable some comments just about uplifting the level even more so you are learning more of it yourself again but also sometimes just comments like somebody from Mexico would send you a message on LinkedIn and just mentioning their appreciation for for what you published do you have a favorite piece of content in that massive list Probably some pieces, but one of the most recent articles I did was actually about, uh, well, on virtual agent, but on the, all, all the available variables that are out there. And actually, they are almost not 
documented. So they are hardly mentioned on the docs or whatever. You can only find uh, maybe 10 of the variables documented. And I put on uh, an article with more than 50 of them. Wow. Uh, so those are some really nice hidden gems. And it's also, uh, again, something I, I look back at a lot, use it a lot. So also I benefited from it uh, myself, but also others are commenting for like, oh, you saved me hours of work, hours of, of searching and great, uh, great comments. We'll have Mark's master library of all the things that he's written, but we'll also have that one in particular. So if you just check the description below and, and click those, that would be awesome. So Mark, is it fair to say that you most resonate with virtual agent on service now? Well, if you look at my uh, <laughs> at the content I'm publishing, yeah, for sure. I like uh, the concept and, and the topic a lot. I think we can even do a lot more with Verge Agent and get a lot more out of it. But to be honest, if I look in the Netherlands and, and how many customers are using Verge Agent, it's not, not that many. It's still an, uh, an area uh, customers just have to, to grow in and we have to really bring out more to the market, I guess. But it's, it's certainly a topic I, I like a lot, yeah. So I've certainly seen ServiceNow push a lot harder on virtual agent and the partner ecosystem as well as being a more normative experience. Like you really shouldn't have ServiceNow without virtual agent. So there's a lot of pressure, I think, in the ecosystem to get that up and running, especially with the new economy being the way it is and everybody trying to make things faster and cut the corners. What would you say is the hardest part about implementing virtual agent? I think it's it's two things. If you first look at the technical side of virtual agent and uh, developing topics, it's creating topics that are scalable, maintainable, reusable. That's a really important thing because you can get lost pretty quickly in building massive topics that are just hard to maintain. So that's a really important thing looking at the technical side. But also looking at the functional side, Virtual Agent has some overlap with, well, using your portal, using your now mobile uh, and things like that. So you really have to think of a strategy for why you are using the Virtual Agent, what do you want to achieve, things like that. Why don't you tell us about a time where you felt overwhelmed working with ServiceNow, where maybe a project you didn't your back was against the wall. You didn't think you were going to make it. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> Not sure if I have any. Sure, there are some technical challenges, but eventually uh, you'll be able to, to tackle them all. For example, uh, I was working on a project with, with Google integrations and OAuth, and it was also really new for me. And Oh, really thinking what to do with this, but just searching, just looking what resources are out there. And suddenly you discover, hey, there are four episodes of uh, Live Coding Happy Hour on OAuth, watching them all. And well, they don't contain the exact answer, but they give you leads to where to look and where to search. And suddenly everything falls into place. So eventually you'll be able to tackle them all. Tackle them all. Yeah, and I think for me also, the, the real hard times are not ServiceNow specific, but it's more personally uh, when, when my basketball background is colliding with, with working life. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take it from the opposite end then. 
why don't you tell us about a time where you actually like slew a dragon, a time in service now where you wielded the tool and you got results larger than you would have ever expected? Well, that would probably be at a project we did at an optician. And that was also with a lot of integrations. They also, they already had ServiceNow, ITSM, CSM, but they wanted a custom app for their store information for hundreds of stores from four different brands, uh, two different countries. And well, the integrations was already uh, a huge challenge. And one of the integrations was about Google and uh, Google My Business. Really interesting because what they actually wanted is like you have you're having incidental changes in your opening hours well can we have that published immediately on, on google uh, you're having new stores or change store information can we publish it immediately uh, we want to update the pictures of stores and well eventually even influence the result results on google so yeah, we did that and it was a huge achievement and uh, well, it helped that company a lot with the online visibility. I mean, how cool is it that when you are searching for an optician in your town or in a specific street and well, that company is constantly popping out. It's uh, yeah, that was a that was a massive one, really nice one. Nice, really putting your mark on the world too, right? <laughs> it's nice when you could kind of see that happening. And that's one of the things I've loved about ServiceNow too is just, you know, it's companies that you you can do business with every day and you, you have that insight that, wow, I know something behind the scenes there that nobody else knows that's really making this work, you know, <laughs> like the place. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, the funny thing is also because sometimes uh, I, I wear glasses myself and sometimes I'm going to one of those brands and actually I know, hey, we did some some stuff for, for your parent company with ServiceNow and also the pictures that those employees are, are placing now through ServiceNow on Google. I know, oh, Actually, I had my hands on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, the place I actually get my physical therapy for my shoulder is a ServiceNow customer I worked at for a very short period. And it's just amazing to see the fruits of your labor in real life. I think we don't get we don't get an opportunity to do that very often, but it, it's a real pleasure when it does. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Okay, if you could change one thing about either the product or the ecosystem, what would it be? Well, what immediately jumps in mind actually has been picked up by, by ServiceNow recently, though anyway, the, the licensing structure. If I just forget about the recent changes, the past few years it's been like, if you are designing an application, trying to make it as maintainable as possible, do great data modeling, then actually you would get into trouble. You would be penalized for actually doing an awesome job because of the licensing. I mean, potentially every table and every access you are providing on it would be charged. So that actually causes that you are not going for a nice data model, not going for a maintainable solution or trying to fit multiple tables into one and using multiple views or reusing unused out of the box tables just to limit the, the license impact or for a recent custom application I built the customer did not did not had any custom app licenses so I had to add ITIL roles to make sure that the app would be counted within the ITSM licenses well the app had nothing to do with ITIL so yeah really crazy crazy stuff have we uh, locked horns on this topic before I seem to remember arguing with you about this <laughs> I think we touched on this a little bit 
in one of the developer meetings. I yeah, think so, yeah. In a dev yeah. MVP chat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, I could definitely understand what the spirit of what they were going for, right? And so my point is that everything costs something. Sure. Right. And if you're going to put a, a large enough solution into the platform, then you should pay for that solution. But I will say that whether or not I understood it and could articulate it, the whole ecosystem clearly didn't, right? <laughs> it was yeah. it was probably in a world of several licensing paradigms that people haven't liked. It was by far the worst. And I remember at when Bill McDermott had his first SKO, he's like, yeah, we're going to get rid of that. And kudos to him. I'm glad that they're they're doing it different now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, just give you the final word here. I have a lot of like ServiceNow freshers watch Titans of Now. And so I always like to take people who have been there, done that. What advice would you give to somebody starting off in the ServiceNow ecosystem? I think we are in a terrific space. ServiceNow, really great. Though what I especially like, the resources that are out there and most of them for free. Like what I mentioned earlier, for example, the community, the doc site, the developer site, and, and several people doing great videos and, and other contributions. So my advice would be know your resources and know how to use them. I mean, you don't have to know everything from the, the top of your mind. ServiceNow is also too massive to know everything. Uh, mm -hmm. You simply can't be an expert on CSM, HR, vulnerability response, application development, etc. You only need to know something from the top of your mind for certifications. So know your resources, get familiar with those resources, get a feel to how to browse uh, through those resources, how to leverage them, but also how to shorten your search, connecting information with each other. If you are able to do that, then you can get really far. Yeah, I agree. I, I did a lot of this before ServiceNow and there was just nothing to compare to the scale of free information that you have available there. All right, Mark, thanks so much for joining us and you know, enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me. My pleasure. If you'd like to sponsor this channel's content, email me at the address pictured here. If you need a conversation on where your ServiceNow implementation is or where it's going, you can reach me on SuperPeers and book a short consult. If you want to contribute to high quality, high frequency output, consider a donation. If not, I still appreciate your viewership. Consider hitting the like button and sharing within your network. Thanks for watching.